everyone. Welcome to Wed Talk. I'm your host, Kylie Salmon, and I want to introduce myself since this is our first episode of the podcast. I do apologize. I caught a little winter cold, so I sound a little funny, but I have been in the event industry for a decade now and got my start in weddings. That is my absolute passion and I just opened up my own wedding planning business, Salmond Events. So if you are around the Augusta, Georgia or Central Savannah River area and you're looking for a wedding planner, I'm your gal. I've worked in the wedding scene. I've also done corporate events like conferences and I've also done big community events. So I've been a little bit all over the board but I've decided to ultimately return to weddings. I love other people's weddings and making their lives easier during that time. Another reason I'm creating this podcast is because I recently got to put the hat on of a bride and it was a very different experience than I'm used to. And frankly, I'm glad it's behind me. <laughs> Being a bride is super stressful, so I hope I can provide even better advice to you than before. So what we're going to do here is just talk weddings. If you want me to cover a certain topic or you need advice on a situation, feel free to email me at podcast at salmondevents.com and that is S-A-M-M-O-N-D. So it's not like the fish, it's salmond events.com so podcast at salmondevents.com i would love to read your messages on the podcast and discuss your questions or your topic ideas with it being a brand new year today i thought it would be fun to go through a list of predicted trends and see what we think about them so this list comes from vogue it is called the wedding trends that are in and out for 2024. I know the in and out list are a big trend right now. So let's see what Vogue has to say about 2024 weddings. So we are going to start with what's in. The first on the list is ceremony Friday, party Saturday. So this means... You'll have your wedding, like the actual ceremony going down the aisle on Friday or, you know, a day. And then the next day you have your big reception. So the reasoning on this, they say by separating the sacred aspects from the profane ones, you kill two birds with one stone and you open up unlimited possibilities for the party. You can change up your theme, your decorations, the dress codes, and even the most laid back couples can feel anxiety on their wedding day. So you're freeing yourself up to go all in on partying on day two. I actually love this. My husband would never let me do this, but I love this idea. We actually did kind of, we had our, our ceremony and our reception, but the night before that, we invited all of our family and friends because we only had a guest list of 30. We invited everyone to our house and we had catering and just enjoyed each other's company. And I would have loved to done that as my reception instead. <laughs> so I love this idea. 
I totally get why someone wouldn't want to. We want to keep the tradition, but I, I don't know. I think this could make great memories for you. The next on the list is Dutch Masters inspired florals. So this is the influence of Dutch Masters inspired floral design. If you're not familiar with what Dutch Masters is, how do I explain this? Think of the like Renaissance type artwork. Um, there's the famous painting of the woman pouring the jar of water into a bucket, if you're familiar with that. Lots of paintings with fruit and food, florals. So that is what the Dutch master's look is. So I, in other words, I wouldn't know how to express what this is. Um, if you just Google Dutch master's paintings or Dutch master's art, you will get the aesthetic and understand immediately what that means. But yeah, I guess that is in right now. Um, I don't hate it, but I don't think it's for everyone as well. If somebody decided to have this because they love the aesthetic of it, I think it's beautiful, but I don't think it needs to be at every wedding. Everyone has a different dream of their wedding. And, you know, some people like the bright airy color. Some people like sparkle. This would kind of drab that down if you're one of those gals. So I love it, but I, I wouldn't call this a trend. I would call this more of a style. Next on the list is to-go wedding cake slices and dessert stations. Love. Um, I don't know why this isn't more of a norm. I think it's a great idea to do wedding cake to-go because I've seen so many times where wedding cake is served on plates and I can't tell you how many hundreds of plates of wedding cake I've had to toss out because people just leave it there. They want to dance. They want to, you know, hit the bar up, have fun, visit. Once dinner's over, people are kind of just snacking, if anything. They're not going to sit down and eat cake. Very few people do that. So... I think this is a great idea if dessert is important to you and you want your guests to enjoy it. And people love dessert stations, especially if you do little bite-sized desserts where they can just come up and grab it and just take it in one or two bites and they don't have to worry about sitting and eating it. That's another great idea to get people to enjoy desserts. Next up, we have drone shows. So this looks like they are trying to be more environmentally friendly and avoid the smoke and the dangers that come with fireworks. I myself am not a fireworks person. Um, I think they belong on the 4th of July for a limited amount of time and that is it. But for someone who does like a show like that and, and is open to having drones instead of fireworks, even though they wanted fireworks and you're a fireworks person, I, I think this is a good idea. I don't know what the budget looks like on this. That would be my question. Is it budget friendly? Because as far as I know, drones are very expensive, but I also don't know what they would be compared to fireworks. So I, I agree with this. If you are wanting some sort of outdoor show, 
I think a drone show is a great idea. Next up is wedding stylist. So this is somebody who is creating the look, the aesthetic for your special wedding weekend. They are, you know, taking care of your hair and makeup for the entire weekend. I think that is brilliant. Um, if you've got that in your budget, I don't think you would regret investing in that. I think it's a great idea to save you time and stress while they're doing your hair and makeup. You can be texting or doing whatever you need to do that you can do while sitting down. I love this. I love this idea. Next up is the digital guest book. Vogue says the conventional guest book is making room for an innovative digital experience and it offers bride and groom a more immersive journey through the well wishes shared by their guest. And this looks like you can add photos, videos, and audio messages. I am kind of torn on this. I definitely think that it's great to have all of the media stored in. I'm not big on guest books in general because hardly anybody signs them. And we do have the hashtag that everyone can use as well. So I don't know about a digital guest book. Yeah, I guess this would be couple dependent. Um, if you are looking to put together all of your memories in one spot digitally, I think this is a good idea, but it really just depends on what you want. If you, that's not very important to you, I don't think you need it. Next up is tonal design palettes. Without shying away from color, we are finding our clients being drawn to tonal palettes, says someone from Vogue with the initials AC. It looks like people are into shades of blue and people are kind of going either monochrome or sticking into one color with different shades and hues. It, again, it, it is dependent on the person. I've seen people with two or three colors in their palette and the contrast is beautiful and it really makes your wedding stick out. And so if you're somebody that's very into fashion and want to make a certain palette work, I think that's great. And then if you are the type of person that wants things simple and you want to create emphasis on other elements of your wedding, I think this is good too. A lot of people just stick to one or two colors or I've seen where the brides will give their bridesmaids a few different shades and tints of a color to, you know, kind of help them pick out what's going to flatter them the most. So I, again, this one is couple dependent. <laughs> That's probably going to be my opinion on a lot of these. All right, the next one is documentary style photography. Okay, I am totally here for this one. I I think that this used to be the way. When I was a little girl in the 90s, I remember things being so much more candid. Wedding videos were, you know, essentially a documentary of the day, whereas now everything is so styled and curated and it looks like a, a commercial for hey jewelers and it's beautiful, but I think when you want to remember your day, you want to remember all the little details, you know, remember the funny things that happened 
one of my favorite home videos is my parents' wedding. And I was, I was a, a horrible flower girl. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. And we stopped in the middle of the aisle and dumped all of the petals in the center of the aisle in one spot. And everyone laughed. And my cousin couldn't get the, the candles to light and she was getting frustrated. And we have that all on video and it's hilarious to look back on. So I'm so here for the documentary style photography and videography. I think those are going to be great memories and we want things to be more genuine, right? We don't want everything to be Instagram ready. I think we need to move past that. Next up, we have restaurant receptions. So having the wedding in one place and going to a restaurant to have the reception. I think this depends on your wedding. If you're having a giant wedding with 300 people, I think you should probably just do a reception hall. If you've got a micro wedding and you want to rent out either the whole restaurant or if they have a big room you can rent out, I think this would be fine too. This is really just what you want, but I think this is a great idea. You know, they have the staff, they have the kitchen available. As long as they can provide you that space and you're able to have the elements of your reception that you want, like a DJ, a dessert bar, a bar, you know, anything that you want, as long as you can fit it all in, I don't think this is a bad idea. All right, next up, we have private ceremonies. So Vogue says more couples are choosing to have more intimate private ceremonies. I don't know how I feel about this. Um, again, couple dependent. Um, you know, there's those situations where there's just a lot of people in your face and all you want to focus on is your partner. And for that, I think this would be great. But for a lot of people who are having a wedding as opposed to going to the courthouse or eloping, if you're having an actual wedding, typically this is a big ceremony for you and you want those important people to be there to either participate in the ceremony or witness it. So I don't know how I feel about the private ceremony. I, it, it kind of feels eloping to me and there's nothing wrong with eloping. I wanted to elope, <laughs> but yeah, I, don't, I just don't know about the, the private ceremonies when you're going to have the reception. So that's just my take on it though. Next up, we have over-the-top guest dress codes. I don't know about this. It, it really depends. You know, if you are going to a vineyard and, you know, you want everyone to, to be dressed to the nines, you know, and in their, their Sunday best with big hats and sundresses, I, I can get it if you want to create a vibe. I don't know. I guess this is dependent too. For me, I would want everyone to be comfortable. Yeah. I, this one has to be up to you and, and considering your guest as well. Some people don't like too strict of dress codes and, and considering they're, they may have to go, you know, if you're giving a really unique dress code, they may, may need to go shopping for a new outfit, which can cost extra because being honest, guys, it is, it is also pricey to be a guest at a wedding. You have to buy a gift. You have to buy an outfit. You may need to travel. So, you know, it is your day, but you do want to consider your guest as well because at the end of the day, you want everyone to remember your wedding as 
an amazing day, not the day that you had to spend a bunch of money. So you just want to create those elements of love. Next up, we have Mel Bruches. This is interesting. Um, I don't know if I've ever even seen a guy wear a brooch. I don't hate it. I think it adds more of an elegance. If, if your groom is a stylish guy, I know my husband is, I think it's a cool way to accessorize. And the brooch can also serve as a piece of memorabilia. So I, I like that idea. Now we have meaningful non-formal menus. Vogue says the menu should feel very personal and not generic just for the sake of formality. Consider including a family recipe and printing it on the menu. If you don't have one, consider a dish from a notable dinner date. I love this idea. I think it makes the wedding more intimate for everybody, um, especially if it's a family recipe. You know, everyone's going to love Aunt Marty's casserole or whatever, you know, and they're going to get to look forward to having it. I love this idea. I, I think, yeah, this is something that should be accepted as a custom for all weddings, in my opinion. I think this is great and it adds more meaning to your, your wedding for sure. Next up, we have a wedding crest. Vogue says, we're all used to branding your events and having your monogram all over the place, but now we're going to create custom logos that aren't necessarily the couple's names. They're an emblem or a crest that's used throughout the event. I don't love this. Um, going back to the documentary style media, I don't love this. I think things should be genuine. We we don't need to be branding everything. Not everything is a social media post. Although I know you're going to post your wedding all over your social media, duh. But I don't think we need to have branding. Now, a twist on this, I wouldn't mind would be doing not a wedding crest but a family crest and creating your own little family crest because you are starting your own family I would like that but I don't like creating a whole crest for one day it's a very special day but again it is just one day I don't know that's my opinion our next trend is negative space I so if you don't know what negative space means it's basically just blank space. So typically in a in an event or you know in any element of design like interior design fashion design you don't want too much negative space you want to keep the eye appealed. So in weddings we don't like to have a corner that has no tables or anything in it. You might throw a little vase with some flowers in it or something just to ease up the space. It's more appealing to the eye. I'm curious to know what this looks like. For me, my head is going to tented events, but usually tented events, people are body to body. So I don't really have an opinion on this. I'm curious to see what it looks like. I'm very intrigued by this. So time will tell as 2024 goes on and we see more negative space in weddings We'll see how it looks. Next up is champagne towers. Whee! As someone who works weddings, 
I don't love this. Um, you're asking for people to spill. You're asking for glass to break. You know, unless you know all of your guests are classy folks that are going to carefully grab a glass and walk away. You know, uh, we, we all have that cousin or friend <laughs> that is going to, you know, have a great time. And I just think this is more liability. So I don't love this. Um, yeah, I guess this, if you're having like a super fancy Paris Hilton level fancy wedding, go all out. If you're having ice sculptures, I think this would go great with that. But yeah, I, I guess this would be, if you're having a very glam wedding, I see it fitting. Otherwise, I would pass. <laughs> um, sustainability. So people are much more mindful of sustainability all around, Vogue says. That means what are we giving away? Can the trinket be a little less filled with plastic? Also being extremely mindful about how decor impacts the environment. So I think this is great. I personally have reused things over and over again for my wedding. Actually, the gal who worked at the venue, I did my own floral and decor and she had a bridal show the next day and she actually asked if she could buy my flowers because I did the floral arrangements and my wedding art. She asked if she could buy those off of me. So I was like, great. I don't, you know, I kept my bouquet. My sister kept her bouquet. Um, and I kept the vases because, you know, I can reuse them over and over again. But I was so relieved because I don't obviously want to have all of the flowers because I had flowers everywhere. I didn't want them all over the house, you know, pretty for a week or so, and then I'm going to feel the guilt of having to put them in the trash. And I knew that was going to come. So it was kind of a relief that she was able to put another use to them and it was a great use. So I, I was so happy for that. And I think thinking about that is great. You know, you can give your centerpieces away to family. You can just tell them, Hey, if you like these centerpieces, feel free to take them home. Um, and using things that you can you know, reuse. Like if you're getting vases, get vases you'll want around the house or, you know, renting too is another way. Just rent from an event rental space. That way you're not just throwing things out. I totally for sustainability. So that is it for the ins. Now we're going to get into what is out. So first up is the sweetheart table. Um, so if you don't know what a sweetheart table is, there's a few options as the couple to get married. You can have a head table where you, the bride and the groom, or the bride and bride and the groom and the groom will sit at the table with your bridal party. Sometimes people do family or whatever, like a, a few people that you, that are very special. Another option is to do the sweetheart table where the bride and the groom, the groom and the groom, the bride and the bride will sit together 
at a small table exclusively. So it, I don't, I wouldn't want to say that it's out because it's never been out and it's never been in. It's really dependent on the couple. If you are wanting to fill, you know, regal, then have that head table and have your squad with you. But I know for me, I just wanted some time alone with my husband to breathe, to eat our dinner, to take a break, you know, and, and for a lot of couples, it's very important. Um, and I will say this now and I'll say it again and again and again, make sure you eat your dinner. You will regret it if you don't. <laughs> I've heard so many couples say, you know, we didn't get a chance to eat and we went home and, or the hotel or whatever, and we just passed out. We went and got Taco Bell and then we passed out and we didn't even get to enjoy the night. So take a moment. Nobody's going to die. Take a moment and eat. <laughs> okay. Moving on, farewell brunches. I mean, it depends, right? Um, I didn't do this um, because everyone was leaving. Everyone had flights and stuff. Um, I, but, you know, if family wants to, you know, have one last hurrah and continue spending time together, I think it's a great. The, the whole point of farewell brunches is to just spend more time together. So... You know, and sometimes they can even take place without the couple being there, you know. So I don't, I wouldn't say this is out. I think it's dependent on what you and your family want. Okay, bows are out. Bows have peaked. Bows are classic for a reason and are cost effective, but are everywhere at the moment and need a rest. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I love bows. I don't think bows are used too often. Um, I see them occasionally and they're really classy if you ask me. I think they're very elegant depending on how they are tied and, and used. Sometimes it can add femininity. I don't hate bows at all. I think they're great. So yeah, I'm not sure if this is talking about neck bows or like bow ties or just bows as in like on your chair or throughout the wedding. I love bows. I love all bows though. So I disagree with this one. The next thing that Vogue is saying is out is large bridal parties. So again, this is dependent. What if you have a ton of sisters and a ton of girl cousins and they're all super special to you? And that means you're going to have eight bridesmaids. It's going to be special to you, right? Versus, oh, it's it's not in right now. I need to cut this down to three and hurt people's feelings. So I don't think the size of bridal parties needs to be a trend. It is very dependent on your life and your family and your friends and what that looks like for you. Okay, traditional cake cuttings. I don't really have a stance on this. Um, you know, some people enjoy it. I've had chaos ensue during some cake cuttings, people getting their fingers cut. I don't know how that happened. I've seen it all during cake cuttings. I've seen it be really cute. I've seen nobody pay attention to it. So... It's really up to you if you want to do it. You know, you have to pick out a song and 
usually it's you know there's about six or seven cake songs traditionally um it's up to you i don't think they're necessary if you don't want them you know half the time people are not paying attention so it's really up to you all right Next up is the white and green color palette. Vogue says the white and green color palette is out. Color trends are ever-changing, but in 2024, we will see a lot more bold colors. Lavender, green, and white were big this year. Next year, we are seeing a swing towards warm, hot colors like poppy, red, and sunset colors. I don't agree with this because colors are typically dependent on the season. And I think especially if you are wanting to incorporate elements of nature in your wedding, green is a great color to have. For me, I did flowers. That was just the one thing I had to have real flowers in my wedding and all over the place. And foliage is green. So green was kind of our accent color. We didn't really have any fabric of that color or anything but there was so much green from the flowers it was I considered it a wedding color so I don't agree with this I think green it's a color of nature you can't really avoid it and colors go with the season so I don't really see if you're getting married in winter poppy red's probably not going to be the right color you're going to you're going to want to go for a darker red Next up, formal departures. Many couples are opting to continue the celebration after the wedding reception by going directly to the after party without a formal departure. Love this for you. If this is what you want to do, go for it. I I think most weddings I've worked, they don't do a formal departure. And if you want the photos of it, your photographer will love to just stage it. You can do that like around 9 or 10 p.m. and Everyone goes outside and lines up. And if you want to do sparklers, if you want to do just everyone posed, whatever, you can fake your departure for the photos and continue the party. It's your wedding. Next up, matching bridesmaids' dresses. Vogue says, we're seeing a move from uniform bridesmaids' gowns to the individualized gown trend. Matching dresses is more traditional. It provides less visual interest in the overall aesthetic. By assigning bridesmaids a specific color or pattern, they can add a bit of their own personality to the attire. I agree with this personally. The matching bridesmaids dresses, I don't think it's fair to your bridesmaids because generally they hate the dress if you assign them a specific dress, right? We've all seen 27 dresses. I think... And this is what I did. I assigned a color and I said, go to the site. This is your color. And I, I honestly, I chose a color that I thought all of my bridesmaids would look beautiful in. And they all looked gorgeous. I did like this raspberry-ish burgundy color. They all looked amazing. And they all have different tones of skin. I found something that flattered everybody. And I said, pick out the cut you want and tell me what it is and I'll order it. I think two of my bridesmaids picked out the same dress and the other two got different ones and everyone looked gorgeous. Everyone looked beautiful. And I told them, pick something out that like, even if you have to get it hemmed or cut or whatever, something you're going to wear again. 
So I think, especially if you're making your bridesmaids pay for their dress, which nothing wrong with that because weddings are expensive. If that's the way you're going, that's fine. Um, but I think giving people options and what to wear because we all have different shaped bodies and we just want to feel good in our own skin. And when you have to stand up in front of everybody and you hate the way you look, it's mortifying, right? Like let's put ourselves in their shoes. So I totally agree. I think bridesmaids should get to pick the dress, maybe not the color or the pattern, but they should be able to pick the former, at least give them a few options. And it looks like that is the end. And just keep in mind, these are just my opinions. Everyone is entitled to their own. I really don't think there should be wedding trends per se. Your wedding will be forever. So don't worry about what is trendy. Worry about what is going to make you happy and your guests happy. Thank you so much for joining me for this first episode of Wed Talk. Again, reach out to me either on my Instagram at salmonevents or you can email podcast at salmonevents.com. One more time, salmon is not like the fish. It is spelled S-A-M-M-O-N-D. Let me know if you had opposing opinions or different opinions on these trends. I'd love to hear other perspectives on these too. Because again, all of our perspectives are valid and weddings are really a form of art. So there is no right and wrong way to do it as long as you are happy and healthy. Thank you so much for joining and we'll see you next week. Thanks for coming to my wet talk.